Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Grace and Peace. Heart to Heart. Encourages women from all stations of life and from every nook and cranny of our world from a biblical perspective. Greetings, this is Zenobia Bailey, and I'm glad to have you here with me today. We were slow getting on. I don't know what the issue was with my connection, but I'm grateful that we are finally on our way. So, today's episode examines how this could have happened. How could I find my place, myself in a place where my marriage and my marriage vows have been affected in such a serious way. Our author opens this next reading with the subtitle, Standing the Real Problem. This is followed by what she entitles, misguided assumptions, including blame. Laser references 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, which states, Judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of people's hearts. Folks, I have to say that this verse really hit me when I read it in the context of reading this book. And what it says to me, not just in the context of unfaithfulness, but in the context of genuine relationship no matter what that relationship might be. It could even be between uh, friends. It could be between parent and child. It could be between coach and coachee. I mean, we could just go on and on. So instead of doing that, I am going to pick up And she begins the chapter with, she yells at him all the time. No wonder he had an affair. As an aside, can't you just hear the gossip? Someone else says, he never helps with the kids. I can see why she is angry and distant. I've noticed that he gazes at women all the time. But if his wife would take care of herself, maybe he wouldn't. If he wasn't so angry, maybe his family would want to be around him more. He pressures me so much for sex 
Did I just start avoiding him? Maybe if I'd just given him more attention, this wouldn't have happened. Judging symptoms that we can see is easy. Someone is right and someone is wrong. Someone is good and someone is bad. Many of us succumb to this black and white thinking. We look at behaviors, survey the symptoms, decide what they mean, and then diagnose the problem. The true problem is if we decide to live this way, we may miss out on the real problem. What might be underneath those presenting symptoms? Is it a malignant tumor growing somewhere that we can't see? Christy was a devoted Christian wife and was involved in the music ministry at her church. She was embarrassed to admit in her support group that she had spit at her husband and called him several profane names. She meekly said, I don't know why I did that. That's not the kind of woman I want to be. Everyone thinks that I am crazy. Those watching or hearing about the behavior could very easily decide that the problem is Christy. Maybe she is crazy. That's what they see, a raging wife. Someone trying to solve this problem may opt to work with her on simply changing her behavior. All kinds of suggestions could be made. Get away until you can calm down. You should call a friend and vent to her instead. You should pray more, read scripture more, and repent. You need to read some literature about controlling anger. All of these can be helpful ideas, but they only address the tip of the iceberg for Christy. A much bigger story lies beneath the surface. If you really want to know Christy's heart, you need to know her story. Just two weeks earlier, she found pornography on her husband's computer, along with phone bills with numerous out-of-town numbers of women. When she confronted Ryan, he denied any of the phone calls were his and claimed he had quickly glanced at pornography only a couple of times. Christy was devastated, and she was angry. She had always desired a committed, faithful husband, and now she was wondering about their whole 10 years of marriage. She expected Ryan to be honest, even if he had done sinful things. She had been honest with him about everything in her life. She had known many men throughout her life who had cheated on their partners. Her father, her first boyfriend, and now possibly her own husband. She felt angry and hopeless because she wasn't being heard by her husband. He wouldn't even admit to the obvious facts. Did he think she was stupid? The thought that he might consider her too dumb to figure out what was right in front of her, drove her to a place of rage. She was coping with a whole host of feelings, thoughts, and desires. However, she didn't yet have the skills to talk about her story. Her behavior simply 
mirrored her pain. In terms of misguided assumptions, I'm grateful I was led quickly to the deeper issues of sexual betrayal at Family Week and then at my ongoing counseling. If I hadn't been, I would have looked at the behaviors. Mark has chosen other women instead of me. I would have surveyed my emotions. I am brokenhearted, sad, and angry. I would have judged the behaviors. If he chooses others, he must not love me. And I would have made a decision. I must leave. The verdict would have been black and white. Mark is bad and I am good. There is no hope for our marriage. I deserve better. We see quick first impression diagnoses of sexual sin in our culture every day. We witness infidelity and start making assumptions about the problem and assigning blame. Newspapers are filled with stories of public people and the falls they've experienced. We hear the facts about who did what to hurt whom or who left whom for someone else, but that is about it. We don't hear anything about the story behind the story, the why of what happened. The facts lead to assumptions about who was right and who was wrong and to the simplistic comment, that's just too bad. These assumptions are full of generalities and judgment. Tragically, they overlook the fact that there is much more truth that needs to be discovered. It is much easier to blame someone or something than it is to seek understanding. On the one hand, the wife is to blame. When a man chooses to use pornography, have an affair, or act out sexually in any other way, it can be assumed that his sexual desires are not being met in his marriage and he therefore must seek fulfillment elsewhere. Other assumptions about these sexual choices might be that he is under tremendous stress or facing hardship and he needs some kind of release from those demands. There is widespread belief that men have to have sex and the wife's duty is to take care of, her, of his insatiable sexual needs. There are even books that declare that if a man doesn't have regular sexual release, something bad is going to happen to him. Perhaps another assumption is that infidelity is just no big deal because everyone else is doing it. The problem is diagnosed fairly simply. He needs it, he isn't getting it, and so he must find it elsewhere. Then, on the other hand, others might assume that he is the problem. The one who betrayed you might be labeled as someone consumed with sin, psychologically unbalanced or broken beyond repair by a bad upbringing or bad choices. This man, who has done some very hurtful things, is certainly not the man I fell in love with. You might be thinking this. He used to be so caring and kind and wanted to be with you every minute. 
showering you with affirmations and gifts. What happened to that man, you wonder? You think you have done everything a wife is supposed to do, such as being available sexually every time he has asked, which may have been more than you wanted. You resisted temptation yourself. You've sacrificed your own life in many ways to provide him the time or resources to succeed. And there is no reason he should have betrayed you. He, of course, is the problem. Then, on the on another hand, I can't say the other hand, the culture is to blame. Another common conclusion is that the problem is outside either of us. We might blame our promiscuous culture. With women dressing like they do, it's no wonder my husband can't stay sexually pure. He's tempted all the time. We might think women are much more aggressive these days, that everyone is cheating, that the morals of our country have been lost, or that we would be happier if we would experiment more with sexuality. We might use any number of excuses to justify the sexual betrayal we are facing. So, of course, factors outside our marriage are the problem. When sexual betrayal is disclosed in the marriage, we are inclined to want to place blame somewhere. Somebody or some condition must be at fault, we think. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe he is the problem. Maybe we live in a hopeless, sex-infected world, and I can't expect anything else. Wherever we put the blame, these perceptions of our marriage and each other lead to division. When sexual sin strikes our relationship, Many of these assumptions follow. One, you can't give me what I want anymore. Therefore, I need to go somewhere else to get it. Two, if we had a good marriage, being connected wouldn't take so much work. Three, I've just married the wrong person. You changed after we married. You're not the person I thought I married. Four, No other couple struggles the way we do. I deserve to be happy, and since you don't make me happy, I am entitled to leave. And five, if we had better sex, we would have a better marriage. Whether the problem is seen as yours, his, or the culture's, and whether sexual betrayal is a one-time slip, or an addictive pattern. All sexual sin is profoundly wounding to a wife. When husbands are fantasizing or lusting after women, whether it is for real women or images of women, a wife feels compared, objectified, and unchosen. Sexual sin is like a cancer. It has secret cells of pain that if not found, acknowledged, and treated, will multiply and eventually kill your spirit and your relationship. 
my prayer today is that you are finding some sort of um, balm from the reading of Shattered Vows. And I am going to stop for today. Look forward to continuing the book next time. Good night. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.